The following message is brought to you by the teaching and preaching ministry of Crown Point Baptist Church and Pastor Mark Ermler. Ephesians chapter number 4. And we are excited to be able to really come to the, the back half of uh, the book of Ephesians. You have your notes there inside the bulletin if you'd like to follow along. I want to encourage you to be back tonight again at 5 o'clock. We're going through the book of 1 Thessalonians and uh, just excited to learn about uh, Bible living tonight. And that'll be at our 5 o'clock hour. We're going verse by verse uh, through this marvelous letter. This morning, we're going to continue our journey uh, through the book of Ephesians. And uh, I'm going to read verse 1, 2, and 3 this morning. Ephesians chapter number 4. The Bible says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Father, we are so thankful this morning that you have given us the ability to leave our homes, travel here, Lord, participate as we have, Lord, sung praises to your name. God, as we have studied your word during our 10 o'clock hour, Lord, as we have participated in worship through our love gifts to you, and now as we come to this portion of the service where, Lord, we just open our hearts to your word, to your truth, I pray, God, that you would help us to have ears to hear, and God, that today you might really allow us to see uh, this walk, the Christian walk, and what it's all about. Help me, I pray this morning, to be as clear as I can, and God will just thank you for how you're going to work in our hearts. I ask all of this in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, Ephesians chapter 1, 2, and 3, if you look there in your notes, we're going to transition from the first three chapters to now the last three chapters of this marvelous, marvelous book. Uh, It's important for us as we begin chapter 4 to focus on that little word, therefore. I, therefore. Uh, Whenever you see a therefore in the Bible, stop and see what it's there for. Therefore is a transitional phrase. Therefore is building upon what we've already studied together. Now, uh, many have weighed in on how to describe the first three chapters versus the last three chapters. We did see the riches that we have in Christ, chapter 1, 2, 3. Now we're going to delve into the responsibility that we have in Christ. The first three chapters, very heavy in doctrine. And can I tell you something? Our doctrine determines really uh, how we live life, how we do life, our duty in life. You know, when your doctrine's messed up, so will your life be. If you don't understand the truth of the Word of God, how are you going to be guided in a practical way to live out the Word of God? 
And so these two halves are very, very important. The doctrine has been laid out, but now we're transitioning from the doctrine to the duty of the child of God. We've looked at the wealth that we have in Jesus Christ, chapter 1, 2, and 3. And now we're transitioning to, this morning, the walk. The walk of the believer. We've seen all the blessings we have in God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit in Ephesians chapter 1. And now we're looking at the behavior of the child of God. And folks, they're connected. You know, if I can really grasp hold of all that I have in Jesus Christ... My identity is in Christ. All the blessings I have come because of Christ. And based on that reality, now there is a certain kind of walk that God's desiring for us to walk. And he has every right to tell his church how he desires the church, the individual believer, to walk. In the first three chapters... We're transitioning from our calling to our conduct. From positional truth, where I am positionally in Christ Jesus, to practical truth. And so it's important for all of us to say, you know, this is the application phase of the letter. All right, I've taken in, I've, I've tried to get a hold of what God says doctrinally concerning all the blessings I have in Jesus Christ. But now, as a child of God in a practical way, what does that mean for Monday? What does that mean for Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday? How are these marvelous truths from the first three chapters going to change my life in chapter 4, 5, and 6? Well, it all comes down to our walk. Our walk. Let me read again verse number 1. I therefore the prisoner of the Lord... You know, Paul was a prisoner in a lot of different prisons. I mean, he, he had, uh, you know, that uh, mileage plus, I'm sure, when it came to uh, hotel stays at different prisons and jails here throughout uh, the known world. And yet he doesn't talk about him being a prisoner of Rome or a prisoner at Philippi. He talks about being a prisoner of who? The Lord. He sees himself... As one here that is belonging completely to the Lord. Uh, That the Lord has Paul. That he's in bondage to the Lord. That it's the Lord that has become the focus of his life. And because he is this prisoner of the Lord, his desire is to walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. So number one this morning, let's look at the thought, uh, a walk that is worthy. A walk that is worthy. Now as we go through the text here this morning, I want us to first of all pause to think about that little word walk. And and it gives the idea of not standing still. It gives the idea of uh, making progress with a purpose. All right, there's a, there's a, a destination There's a place that we're trying to get, and a walk allows us to see that in our our, our Christian experience, God never intended for us to just stand still. God's designed for us to walk by faith. God's designed for us to walk as his child. 
And in Ephesians, particularly chapter 3 and chapter 4, over and over again, Paul's going to use the word walk. He's going to say it over and over again. He's desiring for the church to get hold of the reality that I'm desiring for you now to move out from the positional truths that you've learned, from the doctrine that you've got firmly in your heart and in your mind. I'm now wanting you to flesh it out. I'm wanting you to live it out. I want the reality of Ephesians 1, 2, and 3 to be reflected in your life as you labor, as you work, as you're in your homes, as you're in your community. And so the word walk there indicates motion, implies progress, purpose, perseverance. Now there's two kinds of walk, aren't there? There's a Godward walk, and then there's a manward walk. There's our walk before God. And can I tell you something? Sometimes we're better at our manward or the outer walk than we are at our personal, intimate uh, walk with God. And God is desiring for us as his children to know what it is to have a Godward walk, a walk with God, but then also the right kind of walk before the world. You know, it, it ought not to be a surprise for your buddies to know that you're a child of God. It shouldn't be a surprise for your coworkers to know that there's something different about you. There, there are things that you do through your day that are obviously not like the world. There are things that you talk about and things that you're thinking about and, and, and a language that you're speaking that is different than this world around you. That is the practical application of living out the Christian life. And God is making it clear that he's desiring for us to have this right Godward walk. In the scriptures, Genesis chapter 5, we have a marvelous picture of a man by the name of Enoch. And what do we know about Enoch? The Bible says he walked with who? God. Can I tell you something? Hebrews 11 tells us that he pleased the Lord. He was translated, and it, he pleased the Lord. Can I tell you, when you have a walk with God, it pleases God. When you have a real, genuine walk with God, God is pleased. Enoch is a model of that. And the Bible says in Hebrews 11 that he was translated or he was snatched away. Can you just imagine that? He's, he's just walking with his God. Uh, the Bible tells us that he began to walk with God when he was 365. Oh, no, that's, that's his total age, isn't it? 365 years. But he began to walk with God when he had a son by the name of Methuselah. And, and in Enoch's life, both in Hebrews 11 and in Genesis chapter number 5, we see an illustration of a man that had a God-word walk. Do we have that reputation that we have a God-word walk? That it's, it's not just I'm on the receiving side of all these wonderful riches and blessings I have from God, but now there's a practical living out because of this relationship I have with God. So it is God-word. Listen, Enoch's life ought to be a picture of believers living at the end of of this age, 
living prior to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I know uh, the Laodicean church, and, and for the most part, the, the Scripture's going to talk about a great uh, apostasy and falling away there in the church before Jesus comes. Uh, the churches of Revelation, there are seven churches are pictures of those different dispensations. But that doesn't mean that we personally or, or individual local churches cannot be walking with our God. And desiring intimacy with our God. And allowing here God to be the focus of our life. We're his bond slave. We're desiring our life to be yielded completely to him. And so we're going to walk worthy. Now what does that mean? Well that means that God's done so much for us. Ephesians 1, 2, and 3. We have so many marvelous blessings God's just desiring for us to live, really uh, live up to what we are. Because of who I am in Jesus Christ, God's saying, now just live that out before me and live that out before the world. Isn't it amazing when we look here at all of the great truths that are laid out here for us in Ephesians 1, 2, and 3 concerning all the riches that I have in Jesus Christ. And, and we would be here uh, the rest of the afternoon if I went back to those three chapters and started rehearsing all these blessings. Uh, we took three months to go through three chapters. Go back to Ephesians 1, 2, and 3 positionally. Go back and see, boy, what do I need to be walking worthy of? God will help you to see what this worthy walk is all about. So our walk before God is the first priority. The second priority is our walk before others. Listen, every one of us have an opportunity as believers to walk with God. And that walk ought to translate into a walk that's also uh, before others. Look at verse number 2. I therefore, verse 1, the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation. By the way, that word vocation is an interesting word. It's uh, 11 times found in the Bible, 10 times it's translated called. Called. Walk worthy of our calling. God called us. God called us to be. God has done so much for us as you go through those three chapters. And now we are to uh, understand that I'm the walk worthy of that calling wherewith ye are called. That vocation wherewith ye are called. So it is a God-word walk. But the second priority is our man-word walk. And this is our walk amongst each other. This is our walk amongst our own family members. This is our walk here when we're out in the world. This is our walk at the job place. This is our walk with our relatives or in our social settings. Verse number two, would you follow along? The manward walk. What's emphasized here? I'm to walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called with all. See, it's connecting. With all. So my walk is to encompass, first of all, Humility. My walk is to be before men as well as before God. By the way, we already know that God resists who? The proud. He gives grace to who? The humble. So here the scripture just simply says that as I'm walking worthy, my walk before this old world, before the church, before others, before my family, 
that ought to walk with all lowliness. Can I tell you, when we humble ourselves before God and are lowly before each other, can I say that that's walking worthy? When I walk in pride, I'm not walking worthy. When I'm filled with myself, I'm not walking worthy. When, when I have increased and the Lord has decreased, I'm not walking worthy. John the Baptist said simply, he must increase, I must what? Decrease. And so to walk worthy means to walk in humility. It means to have that spirit of humility, of lowliness. The spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ. He came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. The spirit of being able to condescend, to come down to this world, to lay uh, really some of those uh, uh, abilities aside, to be born of a virgin, to to allow himself to be raised by by a, a mother and, and a stepfather and and be in in a in, in a family unit. God robed himself in flesh. And dwelt among us. Oh, and and God is now as a picture of what it is to walk lowly. Look at the life of Jesus. Now, we are called to that higher purpose. Walk worthy. Walk worthy. Walk worthy in lowliness. Walk worthy in humility. Goes on in verse number 2 and talks about... uh, my walk, I'm to walk with all lowliness and meekness. Meekness is misunderstood by many. Literally, strength under control. Meekness is not weakness. Jesus was meek. Meek. Uh, God uh, allows us to see pictures here of our Savior And uh, uh, even at the time of his crucifixion, he opened not his mouth. Not defending himself. Not, I'm right. Meekness. And this is that manward walk. This is that walk here of lowliness, of meekness. How am I to treat others forbearingly? Look at verse number 2. With all lowliness and meekness. uh, With long-suffering. Let me... Let me get that one in, long-suffering. Think about it. What does that mean? It just means willing to put up with for a long time. (laughs) Are we willing to put up with? Think about what God put up with us. Think of all the things that God did in putting up with you and with me before we got saved. His mercy. Oh, the long-suffering of God. And and to walk worthy, the Bible just says, well, this ought to be a part of our walk. How to walk in such a way, all right, that I'm able to put up with with a whole lot of things. Not through my power, my strength, but through the power and strength of the Holy Spirit of God. I'm proud, naturally. And it's God's Spirit that allows us here to really know Bible humility, Bible meekness. Bible forbearance, uh, putting up with, long-suffering, loving. You see that there at the end of verse number 2? One another, 
in love. To walk worthy is to walk in love. And we're going to come to that in just a little bit. But, but it, it is this manward walk. It goes on in verse number 3 and talks about endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit. Now, I want you to look at that phrase, endeavoring to keep the unity. It doesn't say create the unity. You know, in the, in, in the Spirit, in the Holy Spirit of God, there is naturally going to be a unity among the people of God. Go to the book of Acts and see the people that were filled with the Spirit. What does the Bible say? They were in one accord. They had a unified heart, a unified mind. It all came, why? Because the Spirit of God was present and was working in that local assembly. And so verse 3 simply says, endeavoring to keep it. See, it's easy to lose it, isn't it? Why? Because our flesh gets in the way. We stop being humble. We stop being meek, lowly. We stop forbearing. We stop loving. And the next thing you know here, we find ourselves losing that unified spirit that God naturally creates within his body through the Spirit of God. You'll notice this is capital S. It's not small s. All right, I'm going to take you back to high school. Spirit Week. How many remember Spirit Week in high school, all right? Uh, every day, uh, something else was, you know, really crazy. And uh, what was, it was all manufacturing what? Trying to get your spirit up for what? The big game. Homecoming, right? Homecoming's Friday. And all week long, whoa, ru- ru- you know, all uh, the hooping and the hollering and getting all worked up about the big game. Uh, manufacturing here, the spirit, the small s. Well, this isn't, this isn't manufactured. Bible unity in God's church is not something that you can manufacture. It's the work of the Holy Spirit of God. And when the Holy Spirit of God is filling God's people, you're going to naturally see this worthiness in our walk. You're going to see the lowliness and the meekness. You're going to see here the long-suffering, the forbearing one another, the loving, and endeavoring to keep the unity of Spirit. Can I tell you something? Uh, it's, it's just one of those things that if we don't really work at it, really depending uh, on God to help us in these areas, endeavoring to keep it, when we're filled with the Spirit of God, we've got it. But you've got to work at it. You've got to work at recognizing that, listen, unless the Spirit of God takes control in my life and the life of other church uh, family here at Crown Point Baptist Church, we're not going to be walking worthy. And so we want the Lord's help. By, by the way, later on in Ephesians, we're going to talk about what it means to be filled with the Spirit of God. When you're filled with the Spirit of God, that unity is naturally there. That love is there. Uh, that long-suffering, that meekness, that lowliness, they're there. And also that element of peace. Do you see that, verse number 3? Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. You know, the hallmark of the Holy Spirit of God orchestrating and, and, and working in, in, in the realm of the local New Testament church is this reality of peace. Again, it's not manufactured. It's, it's, it's 
being lived out in our lives, our walk. And it's worthy of our God. Are you walking worthy? Am I walking worthy this morning? Do we recognize that in our life, God is desiring for us to see that based on all that I have, now, here is God's desire, and that is that we would walk in a manner that is worthy of Him. Number one, a walk that is worthy. Number two, a walk in good works. Now, the rest of these are going to go fairly quick, so don't get nervous. All right, but uh, go back with me to Ephesians chapter number 2. Ephesians chapter number 2. We know these wonderful verses. For by grace are you saved, verse number 8. Through faith in that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast or brag. And then the very next verse says, Not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So uh, this worthy walk, this walk that is uh, a manner that uh, brings glory and honor to the Lord is evidenced by all of the blessings that I have in Ephesians 1, 2, and 3. Blessings of God the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. The blessing of adoption, Ephesians 1.5. The blessing of being accepted in the beloved, Ephesians 1.6. Being redeemed, Ephesians 1.7. Being forgiven, verse number 7. Uh, being enriched with all the blessings, the riches of God, a fellow citizen. Uh, chapter 2, verse 19. A, ho- a member of the household of God. Ephesians 2.19, a holy temple, Ephesians 2.21. So based on the reality that now I have this walk, Godward and manward, God says also, I want you to walk in good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. You know, folks, I'm not saved by works. That's very clear here. But God's desiring to see a life of good works by his own children. Now, Ephesians 2, 7, 8, and 9 give that picture, but I want you to go to Titus chapter 2 and chapter 3 to see that pattern as well. Would you go with me? First Titus 3, verse number 5. These are good verses to memorize that might help you as you share the gospel because so many people are all confused on this issue of good works. They think somehow if I'll just go to church, if I, I, I give it an offering, or if I, I, I volunteer for something at church, or if I'm just kind, that somehow that might earn me a place in heaven. God over and over again says it's not by works. Verse 5 says, Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Listen, it's not of works that we can do, but it's of the work that he did. Aren't you glad that he did it all? It's his work. Oh, the blessing. So what am I to do? I'm the walking good works. Now go, go to Titus 2. Titus chapter number 2. Look at verse number 14. Who gave himself for us, 
that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of what? Good works. There ought to be a, a, a zeal in our walk about good works. There ought to be something in us as a child of God that we want to reach out and be a blessing to other people, regardless on whether they know God or not. I mean, God wants to use you as his ambassador. God wants to uh, allow the gospel to be displayed in your life and, and for you through your good works. So Matthew 5 says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify the Father which is in heaven. I don't, I don't do good works to get to heaven. I do good works because I'm going to heaven. Because I've received by grace, through faith, God's wonderful salvation. His sacrifice, his blood was given. So uh, I walk worthy. I, I walk in good works. Number three, I walk in holiness. Would you go back to Ephesians? You know, there is clearly in the word of God an understanding that God's wanting to help his children walk in such a way that we reflect the holiness of God. The Bible says concerning God, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. In the New Testament, the Bible says, be holy for I am holy. And I recognize this morning that outside of the filling of the Spirit of God, none of us can walk that holy walk. But notice verse 17. Here we have it presented. This I say, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness, but ye have not so learned Christ. And then in the next verses, it's talking about things that I'm to put on, verse 22 are put off, verse 22, and things I'm to put on, verse 24. And, and folks, in a practical way, holiness is simply putting off certain things and putting on certain things. That's holiness. And Paul lists here uh, a, a, a list for us to help us to see it's not just the negative, uh, what I should not do, but it's also the positive. And he's going to mention those toward the end of this chapter. And we're going to look at these more in detail. But what does it mean to walk holy? Well, verse 22, that ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man which is corrupt according to deceitful loss. Verse 25 says this, Wherefore putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbors. For we are members one of another. Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. That's what holiness is. That lack of anger. It's that putting away that lying and that evil speaking. Verse 28. What is holiness? It's not giving over to thievery. 
Verse number 28, let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor working with his hands the thing which is good. We're going to touch base on a, a Christian work ethic tonight in the text in 1 Thessalonians. But, you know, Paul teaches over and over again, uh, for the child of God, he's desired to develop a, a Christian work ethic. And that maybe before you were saved, uh, that uh, you tried to define the easy buck through stealing from other people. And yet true holiness, the Bible tells us here, is recognizing i got to put that off. i gotta, I got to put that off. Let him that stole steal no more. Verse 29, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Let me ask you about the stories you tell at work. Let me ask you about the foul things that come out. You say, well, I've known those stories for so long. The Holy Spirit can help you forget those stories and tell stories that honor God. It's an amazing thing, corrupt communication, perverted language. You know, God can help you with your language. Not just at church or not just when you're around the pastor. I mean, all the time. Why? Because he desires for us to walk a holy life. And the walking of a holy life recognizes that in a practical way, there's things that the Holy Spirit of God can help me to put off. And he can help me to put on. And I can walk worthy. Again, that's God's design. That's what he's looking for from his church. A walk in holiness. Put it off. Put it on. Let no corrupt communication, verse 29, proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying. That just simply means, does it build people up, things that you say? Your conversations. Do they, do they build them up or are they tearing down? Edifying means building up. Listen, if our language is more in the realm of tearing, 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 listen, that's not where God wants us to be. The Scripture goes on and talks about grieving not the Holy Spirit of God. Let all bitterness, verse 31, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking, be put away from you with all malice. So put it off. Again, how? Through the power of the Holy Spirit of God. He'll let you produce the fruit of the Spirit. And I tell you, that's, that's what a worthy walk is. That's what a, a walk in holiness is. A walk in good works. A walk in love. Remember what we said about walking? It's, it's a journey. It's a destination. It's movement. It's activity. Christianity is active. It's not passive. Christianity, really, from Monday through Saturday, is taking you know, the principles of doctrine that we have received and now fleshing them out in our life so that uh, we can live the gospel. So that as other people are looking at us, they're, they're seeing a transformed individual by the power of God. Uh, they're able to glorify God on your behalf. The, the, the Word of God tells us that this is the walk. This is the walk. This is the practical fleshing out of the doctrine. And now in chapter number 5, look at verse number 2, and walk in, what does it say? Love. So as I'm walking around in, in my everyday life, what, 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 what ought to be 
is the spirit of love. What ought to be is just from my heart the recognition that God loved me. You know those wonderful verses, verses in Ephesians 2, 8, 9. For by grace are you saved through faith. Uh, if you go back to Ephesians chapter number 2, um, you're going to see the great love. Verse 4, but God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us. I just want to walk worthy of the love he demonstrated to me. He loved me. But God commended his love toward us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And now I have the privilege in walking worthy to recognize that through the Spirit of God, I can walk in love. You know, I would just take this list and I'd write it down and say, God, would you help me today to walk in love? Would you help me today to walk holy? Would you help me today here to walk in good works? Would you just help me to walk worthy of the vocation of the calling of a Christian? I've, I've been called to this. I've been called to put some things off and I've been called to put other things on so that God is glorified in and through my life. Walking in holiness, walking in love, walking in light. Go to verse number 8 of Ephesians 5. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. You know, John chapter 3 tells us that men love darkness rather than light. Why? Because their deeds are evil. Uh, it always amuses me when there's uh, public groups that feel like they have to put masks over their heads to protest or whatever they're going to do. They, they love anonymity. They love being in the shadows. They love here being in a position where they can't be identified. I mean, if they were, their moms would probably go after them and grab them by the ears, right? Listen, men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. But when you come to the light, <laughs> then the Bible tells us that we're to walk in light. You know, one of the great resources that you and I have for walking in the light is this lamp. God's Word. Psalm 119, 105. Thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. How do I walk in light? Just get in the book every day. Pastor, I want to walk in light. How do I do that in a practical way? Just get up in the morning and open your Bible and read it. Meditate on it. Pray the word of God. Let the Bible here be that lamp to your feet. It's, it's not going to give you the whole gamut all the way through the history of your life, but it'll give you enough light to know the next step you ought to take. It'll light up the path in front of you. That's all we need. God can wonderfully take the Word of God and, and make a practical application to our life every morning. And, and that's really what walking in the light is all about. Oh, God, would you help me to walk worthy by walking in the light? Lord, would you help me here to walk in love, walk in holiness, walk in good works, just to walk worthy. 
Ephesians chapter number four, number six. The word is circumspect. Interesting word in verse 15. See that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Now think about this. God doesn't want his children walking around like fools. Did you get that? God doesn't want his children walking around like fools. He desires that we would walk circumspectly. The word simply means carefully. God's wanting us to be very careful and discerning concerning the steps that we take. Sometimes I know we're living in such a world where everybody just wants to be real, but God says, listen, Christian, just be be aware of every step you take. Be discerning of every step you take. Because is that step worthy of the high calling that you have in Christ Jesus? Is that a a walk in light? Is the Word of God uh, verifying that what you're about to do is, is, is honoring to the Lord? The Word of God there becomes, uh, for faith and practice, our guide. So I'm the walk circumspectly. Yeah, I, I had a professor one time that tried to describe walking circumspectly by just saying, listen, just imagine a backyard fence, and imagine on both sides of the fence two growling dogs, and imagine a cat on the top of that fence just walking as those two dogs from both sides are nipping at the heels of that cat. That's a walk that's a careful walk. That's a walk that is circumspect. And God says, that is worthy. That pleases me. And Then lastly, a walk in the Spirit. And we're going to have a whole time to look at what the filling of the Spirit of God is. But in Ephesians 5, the Bible says, Be not drunk with wine, we're in excess, but be filled with the Spirit. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, Walk in the Spirit and you'll not fulfill the loss of the flesh. All right? Boy, I've got the doctrine down, I think. Pastor, I've, 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 I've enjoyed Ephesians 1, 2, and 3, and what a blessing here to realize all the wealth I have in Jesus Christ. Good. Now, how about your walk? How about your walk? It's marvelous that I'm accepted in the beloved. Praise God for that. Great. Awesome. You are. You're highly favored. You positionally before God have have a right standing. The righteousness that you possess is the righteousness which has been given to you, Romans chapter 3 says. It's the very righteousness of Jesus Christ. But in a practical way, God's wanting us to walk righteously. Walk in holiness. Walk in a way that we are worthy of the vocation wherewith we are called. Take this admonition from the apostle this morning through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God. That church, yeah, it's wonderful to know your identity in Jesus Christ. It's awesome. But also understand that with all that we've been given, God's now desiring for us to flesh that out in our practical Everyday living.
Thank you for listening to this message brought to you by the teaching and preaching ministry of Crown Point Baptist Church. If this message was a blessing to you, please consider leaving us a review or sharing the message on social media. Thanks once again for tuning in.